This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast. a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game i'm your host ajit in today's episode we are going to take a look at the two semi finals that have just been completed of the world uh, cup t20 2022 and to help me look through these games and beyond we have a really special guest abhi hello abhi uh, welcome to the podcast hi ajit uh, thank you for giving me an opportunity i would say uh, feeling blessed well do i just call you abhinandan is that good yeah you can also call me abhi that's uh, that's not an issue perfect all right so in this case before we go into the games themselves let's get to know abhi a little bit more so i mean probably where did the interest in cricket come is sort of a obvious question but also why are you sort of thinking about taking cricket analytics as something that you yeah want to do so that's new right so playing cricket is yeah. there and i hear more and more these days people want to be also involved on in the analysis side so how did you get into the cricket analysis uh okay so uh, this i mean uh, first of all i i don't exactly call myself cricket analyst yeah i do use that phrase here and there just to mock my own self but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the fact is that you know um i joined twitter just to share my thoughts on cricket because uh, i think it was after after 2022 uh, to sorry 20 2019 world cup that you know i was kind of disappointed with the way we performed and wanted to share my views started joining twitter uh, mm. I, for some for some reason people started liking my views and uh, you know i uh, i became an analyst uh, in that particular world um however i i am still a fan um a, a ardent fan uh, i would I, there was a time when i was a die hard travel fan that's where you know i started watching cricket in 1990 i still remember 1999 1998 those uh, navy blue helmets uh, and dravid used to just you know uh, mm. drop all his sweat down and uh, then keep continuing defending and uh, I, in fact he was one of the top scorers in the 1999 world cup so that's where you know the journey of liking dravid and then uh, somehow uh, having the liking towards sehwag as well as yuvraj singh so uh, the natwest finals i still remember one of the finals uh, the 90s kids will remember uh, mm-hmm. we winning winning it i think uh, because <clears throat> these kids uh, the current kids are unlucky i would say because uh, uh, you know uh, we as 90s kids you know had seen so many triangular losses that uh, the semi finals and finals are like okay fine we do get upset but it's not about say it's, it's about a half an hour or one hour upset <laughs> and then getting back on work because uh, uh, we had had seen so many of uh, triangular series losses that at that time uh, i i still remember gongli uh, in one of his um, press conferences said that you know for some reason uh, our bowlers uh just just don't turn up to the knockout games and uh, then we had uh, the same thing happened in 2003 world cup finals where we lost it to uh to australia so you know that journey of as a, mm. as a fan started growing i started 
I associate myself with the with that uh, that child who loved cricket, who learned uh, the qualities like team, being a team member, being a uh, being or or to have a person of to be a person who has a never say no attitude per se. So uh, those things from from these cricketers. So uh, I think that uh, that 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 experience of learning or living cricket in nineties, uh, uh, the late nineties and early two thousands. uh was something that was appreciated in twitter i would believe especially the, during the lockdown time when there was no cricket and people were giving a lot of lot of threats uh, i was one of them and uh, so right coming to uh, yeah so coming to analysis see i i do there was a phase where i i learned python i did a lot of uh, tableau analysis as well of data so i i am not away from data but uh, the more i started uh, going through the data i realized how incomplete the cricketing data is there are mm. there are mm. so many unseen factors in cricket say for example uh, cricket conditions pitch uh, and I, i mean i should i should say of course definitely hats off to the crickwells uh, team and uh, you know uh, himanish ganju who's from espn cricket for the stats guru uh team so mm. those people they try to cover up a lot of data in that sense they have these they consider these factors that's why you have these predictive scores more closer to what so earlier i i, I if you remember in uh, when this predictive scores started coming in the late 2000 uh, mm. you know mm. uh, the target the predictive score used to be 350 and the team used to end up in 250 right <laughs> so, right Mm. from from there from there to say a journey uh, of now predicting the score exactly the 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 score which you know the team ends up with so that those factors so what twitter does right now coming up with random stats saying that you know there's no intent there's no this there's no that this is i i in my opinion is totally childish uh, in fact um, i think openly people have uh, the, the stat great statistics uh, statisticians have come out said this where uh, there was this um, basr something mm. of that sort the, uh, that statistics as a false statistic because you can not average is a different unit strike rate is a different unit but uh, in twitter or you go through a lot of cricketing articles you see this basr used wrongly used so so i think uh that's why i don't try to so i'm so i'm in the last one and a half year one year or so i'm i'm trying to develop the skill of learning through eyes learning right. the skill or, or to understand cricket via the uh, you know how we observe it basically something that was there in our you know uh, when we were children mm-hmm. so i think that is something uh, which is driving me forward and i believe uh, the the always i mean the knowledge or the basics i have towards data to learn data uh, from the data or the to clean the data or to analyze the data and uh, the the skill set of learning through eyes if i mingle these two things i can be a better cricket analyst not only a cricket analyst but even a data analyst uh, for any any kind of field basically right right okay uh, that's interesting you want to take the lessons you've learned in an cricket analysis to the rest of the other fields as well that's very interesting that's a new approach for me but coming mm. back to um, well 
coming back to the world cup let's just say mm-hmm. uh today was the second semi final it was a rout mm-hmm. if you are an india fan mm-hmm. but if you are an mm-hmm. england fan you would be very happy the way the england team uh, turned up today absolutely i think uh, no doubt about it uh, despite the fact that you know um, england were missing out woods and uh, uh, i think even malan um and they, they didn't even they didn't even require malan okay <laughs> i mean uh, we were we were uh, as an indian fan i would say we were pathetic uh, while bowling i think uh, uh, i think both the, both the game, both the innings like the the batting innings and the bowling innings for the first 15 overs we were in there in the game itself so um and all credit to the england team they had the right statistics the right analysis i think uh, one point to note i think people were targeting the indian team for not sending punt up but the fact was that rashid actually completed three and a half overs by 11th over itself so which meant that as soon as kohli came into the crease rashid was brought in as well so um rashid actually completed couple of his overs in power play itself so uh i think uh, those were some tactical decisions i felt uh, shifted the game balance towards uh, the english players and uh, i know and uh, made sure you know we were handicapped okay mm-hmm. well if you look at uh, if you look at the bowling first let's go back mm-hmm. to the first innings and uh, look mm-hmm. india were also in a bit of trouble i thought england really looked up for it from ball one right the way they mm-hmm. got rid of rahul so they started with uh, stokes which is uh, an uncommon mm-hmm. role for him to bowl with the mm-hmm. new ball but they had a clear uh, strategy how he would be bowling and so i think they tried one more over of him later and they just decided it's not required anymore right so yeah. the way they tied rohit sharma down he couldn't get his big shots going at all and then virat mm-hmm. kohli even uh, to only towards the end of his innings he was able to pick up a bit more momentum right and mm-hmm. but for what pandya did more like you would expect this sort of a thing from surya but pandya did it so it's first of all great thing if you are a india fan because finally the middle order also woke up with pandya who was doing good but really not able to score at fast clip today he did reverse that he scored at a very fast clip indeed the point you brought up even i remember tweeting why not send in pant because he's a lefty right ahead of mm-hmm. uh, ahead of pandya but in the end did not matter because uh, it proved to be the right move to have pandya there a set pandya took a lot more runs in the last 3 overs or last 4 overs right and yeah. um, adil rashid did have did bowl a lot of those overs but i think adil rashid probably sort of played a very big role in keeping india down to 168 those middle overs he completely dominated them because neither kohli nor pandya was, was able to get him away so let's start right so- there Uh, just to correct you if i remember correctly i think uh, when pandya came into crease uh, rashid already was bowling his 3.5th over so basically needed yeah, yeah. just one one ball to complete his fourth over it was basically livingston who uh, tied uh, pandya and uh, kohli down see i'll tell you one thing so the if, just let's let's go back to the last game india played was zimbabwe pant was bought in to basically attack sean williams who was uh, a left arm spinner and because there was this uh, the the um, the front side of it or, or where he actually hit that uh, more of a square leg i would say the mm-hmm. square leg was uh, uh, the area was a bit shorter and uh, pant had come and uh, he had actually uh, come early uh, before pandya uh, in this case rashid was almost done 
uh, again that was a tactical genius uh, that england had uh, done then in then at the end of the day now they were left with three overs of livingston and probably four overs of moinari like in case punt mm-hmm. was sent ahead now uh, of course on the at the uh, hint side it would have been good if punt was there because livingston then would have bowled an off spinner maybe uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know he might have had to change his bowling actions uh, uh with kohli at the other end you know as a leg spinner and when pant was batting as an off spinner so mm-hmm. and this might this would have basically may you know urged him to do some mistakes on the hint side yes uh, probably that was a uh, that was marginally a bad call i would say but mm-hmm. uh, in terms of when i was actually analyzing the squad and the 11 that we ever had i realized that pant had only two slots open uh, in case you want to utilize the resources that indian team had one was as an opener as a backup opener in case you know say kl gets or rohit gets injured or they are terribly out of form that they need to drop someone mm-hmm. and uh, and at the finisher role where dk or an axer gives place to pant the reason being i feel pant's pace game is more secured and more uh you know in terms of the attack as well it's more uh, a level higher than what it is against the spinner because the reason being punts spin ga- uh, against i mean the spinners against punts they can basically be overly defensive by bowling wide lines uh, to him and asking him to uh, you know asking him to take that extra risk which say sean williams did against uh, punt and you know uh, was successful in taking him out because punt's game is more uh, risk avert compared to uh, uh, against spinners compared to what it is against pacers if i can stop you here for me it looks exactly the other way because i mean he's confident enough to mostly walk down or charge down the pitch to almost every ball a spinner bowls that does seem like a high risk game right or maybe i'm reading it wrong yeah sorry sorry uh, when i meant risk avert it's basically the high risk part of it but what i was ah. telling Uh, uh, so uh, i used the wrong word basically so yeah uh, i do mean uh, that so it was yeah. high risk uh, it was a, it's uh, it's because of the high risk game that pun brings in terms of mm. playing the spinners is why i don't exactly feel that he he is someone who is was good at that number 4 5 slot in t20i uh, because the spinners are uh, spinners get that freedom to ball defensive right and uh, they can contain him compared Uh, compared to say someone like you know compared to say someone like a shreyas ayer who knows to maneuver the field take mm-hmm. those uh, singles at the same time play at the ground you, before you know it before the spinner knows it uh, uh, so i'm talking about the traditional spinners here so before the traditional spinner knows it shreyas mm-hmm. ayer is already having 15 runs uh, uh, in his over and i think that is the reason why i feel you know uh, sending pant was very you know th- that's where the the team think tank was hesitating and yes pandya played a wonderful innings no doubt but his first 25 balls were the reason were also one of the main reasons why we could not uh, really uh, win this game uh, i think the difference between that 180 and 185 about to mm. say 169 was that first 15 overs and in that first 15 overs pandya had already played about 20 balls right he had he had see for me the credit again goes back to the way 
Liam Livingston bowled, and basically it's about the field placing. I saw a lot of small changes in the way they had placed the field. For example, the placement of the deep, uh, the sweeper fielders on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. That was pretty spot on. I saw that for Kohli, he was a bit more finer. For Pandey, he was a bit more square. That is, he was more towards deep extra cover. For Kohli, it was more towards deep point, right? They had actually mm-hmm. gone into this level of thinking and. I thought the bowlers were pretty much spot on. So there, I think again, Liam Livingston, I think bowled at a slightly faster pace compared to what he normally does. I mean, he can do anything, right? He can bowl almost medium pace. He can bowl off break, like break, whatever you want. But to deliver, so he was bowling slightly faster at Kohli, slightly slower at uh, Pandya. At least the way I looked at it. So when you look at all of these things, they deserve the credit again. That they had actually come up with a plan course, I mean, that would tie up these two, and it worked. so uh, you know i think um, when we say that india played badly i think it it also refers to the fact that england played exceptionally well uh, full credit to them if you if you remember correctly like uh, rohit after the after the toss said that india would have batted first ah i see uh, so that also so that also means that india didn't exactly read the pitch well <laughs> uh, uh, i think this is what this is what had happened uh, in the previous game where you know uh, you know new zealand chose to bat first and you know they struggled to reach 145 and then you saw in pakistan cruise through it um uh, probably maybe there's a due uh, there was a due factor or maybe under lights the pitch became a bit faster than it was supposed to be uh, i did see or a sense that the pitch was too paced early on uh, the english bowlers for the uh, to the credits Used the pitch well. They they hit the deck very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were using the hard lengths since the uh, from the ball run. You can see the dismissal of KL. It was a it was a more of a bouncer or more of a hard length delivery that bounced a bit more than it should have. Right. So I think they did their homework well and uh, used the conditions better than what Indian bowlers did. Indian bowlers, I believe, were uh, still playing in Melbourne <laughs> where the ball swung three sixty degrees. Mm. they they came up with that you know trying to pitch the ball up and try to swing the ball it wasn't happening the way it should have they should have retracted tried to hit bang the ball hard but they didn't but didn't have the resources basically uh, we were all waiting for that one uh, bad day where you know with a bumrah less uh, bowling unit would fall apart mm. it did happen uh, today basically i mean look also it somehow comes up in the knockout games that the bowler seem to have a bad day we remember multiple finals when this has happened but okay all right see also a lot of credit mm-hmm. once again to england the way they batted right so from the first over onwards i think there was a little bit of swing in the first 2 to 3 overs that we saw but what i noticed is england did not hurry any strokes they did not look to dominate the bowling they were playing good cricketing shots so the first three boundaries that you know josh butler scored in the very first over right they were just decent cricketing shots mm-hmm. okay he's an exceptional talent he has great hand eye but that that composure by the time the first four overs were bowled if you were probably an india fan and more importantly if you were on the field for india you were already probably panicking because there was no hurry yet they were able to comfortably score at 10 plus runs an over the strategy for me what i saw liam livingston was tasked with hitting, hitting that one boundary an over So it was a clear target from over uh, number one. Go for a boundary. Alex Hales. Sorry, Hales. I said Liam Livingston. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So Hales, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
he was given the task mm. because it's also suit, suiting him perfectly right so go for that one boundary hit right away yeah. you saw him hit a boundary of the first ball of many overs so it was a clear strategy mm. almost but it came off so well i mean they were probably beaten three or four balls all innings but outside of that it was like for example ashwin's first over right so ashwin has got into his work beautifully he's flighting the ball there is some drift the last ball of the over goes for a six the over is destroyed right so it was pretty much the whole strategy was very clear and you are right in the indian bowlers probably banking too much on um swing right at the top and uh, sort of right away falling into butler's hands there i thought he played those first two to three overs very beautifully and i think they had also seen the first four overs is when the indian pace attack is at its most potent so uh, yeah i mean uh, uh, just to add on to what your points were i think uh, i think to a to an extent i think uh, questions should be asked even to javed and uh, rohit in terms of the planning um, it right. seemed like as if you know uh, once the um, once the you know once that swing idea of swinging the ball got over i mean that was counter attacked even against bangladesh for example uh, when jitin das took over uh, the ball was not swinging and you know uh, the, the the paces looked clueless there was no plan b basically mm-hmm. so and we, you know india went into that waiting game and this is uh, this is where i felt you know i think uh, uh, david who's known for strategizing his he's done tremendously well with the india as with their under 19s um, mm. even with the rajasthan royals when he was there or delhi daredevils when he was there he uh, you saw how how he utilized the young resources in this case right. i felt you know uh, somewhere uh, probably the bowling coach uh, because they have a bowling coach so also blame the bowling coach here they didn't have a plan b uh, right. so what if what if the, what if it doesn't swing um the bangladesh uh, ritan dash's innings maybe might have given english players a template to work with uh, they from the ball one they started coming out of the crease they started uh, uh, you know uh, they started charging down uh, bhuvneshwar kumar and bhuvneshwar kumar didn't really feel, look to have any plan other, other than say trying to swing the ball or trying to hope the ball will swing right mm-hmm. so that's that in my opinion was i would say down to the management's planning uh, miss planning i would say uh, mm-hmm. that uh, you know despite not having those resources yes but they they should have been a plan b uh, they went to akzar patel who did decent mm-hmm. i mean if you see the score card 17 overs the game gets over and you come out with a 7 run over uh, run uh, <laughs> economy rate um, mm-hmm. if then exceptionally well uh, i would say he was unlucky uh, there were few edges that didn't land to on the uh, in the hands of the fielder uh, overall akshay patel was really good they i mean credit to rohit that he bought him at the third over itself but uh, right. you know i mean it was just that day where nothing was working for india basically the nothing nothing worked for india uh, there was no rain at the right time no run out of a slippery shoes so you know just just didn't happen nothing worked indeed i mean it was an overall off day and the result pretty much reflected mm. it it was a drubbing right so from yeah. that one if you go back to yesterday's semi final well what a more consummate uh, game 
that uh, pakistan showed so apparently as always the cornered pakistan is the most dangerous pakistan that's another cricket truism i suppose that's come uh, mm-hmm. come back to you know show itself to all of us and uh, pakistan really they've turned around the corner beautifully and going into yesterday's game for me even after the toss i was sort of uh, backing new zealand right they may have mm-hmm. we were we were not sure that how the pitch would play but i was sort of backing finalen to deliver one more killer blow right mm-hmm. let's go a little bit into that one so you already alerted us earlier on saying maybe new zealand uh, misread the pitch and opted to bat first but i mean in one of our previous episodes i had opined the best way to mm-hmm. tackle this park attack is to actually put its batting order under pressure so even if they get about 140 their bowling order would feel very confident right and they would try and defend that because that's always their strength so mm. i thought the way to actually tackle this park order is to for bat first take their bowling on get to 150 plus right and then of course you have to take wickets right at the top i mean it goes nowhere without that right but that's mm. the chance i had given because then uh, new zealand were very slow clearly uh, in the first half as well much like india and then i think uh, darrell mitchell for second time in two semi finals played out of his uh, Uh, out of his what do you call it out of his league sort of cricket i don't know i'm probably being a bit unkind to him but it was a wonderful innings again the problem that india and new zealand i think have is uh, india don't want to go away from there i mean for various reasons this time i don't blame the management for not uh, dropping uh, kl virat and uh, or sacking kl virat or rohit because mm. the world cup was in australia and the experience of playing those bouncy pitches is you know you get from these three the 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 technique that they have david himself mentioned about the technique right mm. coming to new zealand uh new zealand have the lack of resource thing it's a small country you have that many set of players to choose from williamson is one of the greats that they have produced and uh, you know he ends up at the wrong end i mean t20 is not his format uh clearly looks out of sorts uh, i think uh, like much like what kohli did or rohit sharma did in the first half today uh, williamson was doing what he did uh, yesterday like first 10 overs he was run a ball scoring at slowest pace uh, then you have uh, i would say what his name uh, the one who scored the 50 i forgot his name mitchell uh, mitchell yeah mitchell so uh, darrell mitchell right so darrell mitchell comes comes and says why are you playing so slow man uh, <laughs> see how how we hit it so uh, i think uh, i mean uh, for for uh, unfortunately for uh, new zealand uh, darrell mitchell was the only person who had uh, come and he came late not like hardik pandya who had come stay at, uh, at 12th or 13th over so he had that time to adjust and score or give, make a better impact uh, but uh, in case of uh, say in case of new zealand it was mm. already so bad so worse that even darren mitchells that 50 odd runs could not save them uh, i think 144 or something was what new zealand was able to score it was already i mean it was less um uh, it the pitch was not the perth pitch where 144 was something which uh, would scare pakistan because they had lost mm-hmm. once with zimbabwe mm-hmm. um the pitch was decent uh, didn't have the bounce that the australian pitches have it was the sydney pitch uh, used pitch the ball was supposed to help the spinners so mm. pakistan was always in the game and they got the first hand of the used pitch 
look uh, so small to... correction small correction it was mm-hmm. 152 i thought okay, that yeah. no mm-hmm. but that 150 was sort of a psychological mark right yeah. and they had backed their uh, spinners as well throughout the tournament for uh, new zealand they have a good top order bowling when it comes to swinging ball you have tim so the trent bolt was in fact fantastic you have a really fast guy in lockie ferguson and must be said between sodi and santner they have won them a couple of games this world cup right so for me well okay let's be clear they were at least 15 runs short on that pitch right different things could have contributed to that one of those you already mentioned yeah and uh, i mean uh, especially if you see uh, the pakistan batting lineup is not something which england batting lineup is so even today when i was mentioning uh, pitch was see had had india played pakistan in the semi final right i would have said 160 was a good score to defend Hmm. but since it was uh, since it was uh, england 169 was pretty less i, I it, it, you you felt that, that india didn't i mean india scored at par but mm-hmm. because it was against england they had to score that 15 20 runs which they lacked and that's where that whole talk of intent comes into picture mm-hmm. uh, with against uh, Pakistan New Zealand's par score would have been 160 they were already eight short mm-hmm. uh, but having that 5 to 10 runs extra would have set that panic button in the Pakistan dressing room because they themselves have had failures of batting right however now that they know that you know the par score is somewhere around 160 and they have actually held i mean the bowlers have done so well that they are now 10 short New Zealand is 10 short of it. It was just a matter of time. Um, huh? Uh, things would have been different if uh, Babar Azam's catch was was would would have been taken by. I think Santner dropped it in yep. the first over. Yeah. I think fourth over uh, there was also a run out chance. So I think he was given uh-huh. two chances in four overs. Hmm. So had those chances been taken, uh, taken things would have been different because uh, accept it or not, Babar Azam is still. the backbone of pakistan's batting so uh, you know had had say ashan masood or harris come early and faced uh, trent bowl a raging trent bowl things would have been very different uh, i believe that but you know things didn't go that way uh, the fielding could not sustain the pressure uh, in fact even in the in fact their things could have even got tightened in the end when uh, i think 17th or 16th over there was a catch drop of again santner was the culprit uh, or he was bowling <laughs> oh. i think uh, something of that sort but um, again i i did read i i i remember i was following the scores on the freaking uh, for app uh, and i think i was reading santner so had that catch been taken uh, you know that time it was about 32 of 25 24 balls and you know pakistan would have lost the fourth wicket and who knows i mean the last six uh, six wickets third 24 uh, 24 balls pressure uh, pressure can do funny things yeah for sure no uh, see when you look at it pakistan at least they used the best part of the conditions well so when they bowled well they bowled well in the first 10 overs when they batted they batted well in the first 10 overs killing it as a contest so i mean what a year Mohammad Rizwan has been having we've said it time and time again he continued in the same vein i think he he took the pressure completely off babar in the first 5 to 6 overs right mm-hmm. i think that again made a difference so 
in the sixth over i think in the fifth at the end of five overs they were 47 for no loss i remember mm. thinking and also tweeting that they have actually equaled kiwi's best five over period at the very top that is purely down to rizwan so babar azam was not really going great guns at the top uh, only he picked up a bit more pace close to the eighth and ninth over and then right when in the 10th over 11th over he finished his 50 so but it's been a timely return to form also for babar you're right see rizwan may have a odd bad day but it never came to be that that bad day was in a semi final right so mm-hmm. babar azam has found his form rizwan is doing his best their middle order is now a proven entity must say shan masood anchored a couple of uh, ch- uh, near chases must say he played a couple of good innings there haris has been a real breath of fresh air with this higher strike rate what um, he's sort of taken the role that fakhar zaman was expected to play right mm-hmm. and then iftikhar and uh, shadab and nawaz have shown time and time again they can they can give pakistan a strong finish so mm-hmm. going into the final if you were to do a little bit of a preview mm-hmm. both teams sort of peaking at the right time england bowling really strong england batting well they've shown what they can do and then of course pakistan we've just gone through it now for you which is the favorite team going into the finals on sunday i think uh, i mean it's it's uh, basically the the battle between the bat and ball now uh, to be frank uh, england whatever bowling unit they have it's a batting that will steal the show uh, for the for the for pakistan despite having the few additions in harris and uh, the if i mean uh, harris as well as say nawaz in the end the the strong hold of england would be the batting and the uh, strong hold for mm. pakistan would be the bowling right irrespective right, of right. what their other departments are uh, are going to do or will be doing right in my opinion it's it's uh, i think england uh, it's going to be in melbourne okay so uh, go, going by what we have seen in the tournament going by what uh what we have uh, you know seen throughout uh, the history of you know the big bash leagues as well i think batting first is going to be something that england would love to do or any other, i mean both of the teams would love to start mm. with batting um mm. england why because if with the batting unit they have uh, and if they end up scoring anything above 180 the game is done and dusted there and there itself uh Right. Uh, you know, hmm. uh, because for whatever batting unit uh, Pakistan has, uh, Melbourne is not going to be an easy ground to chase, especially anything above 160. It's not going to be that easy. Uh, Pakistan, I think, will want uh, to bat first. Is reason be- being that if they get a reasonable total, even if 160 is scored by Pakistan team, they can make their life hell. for the english batters it won't matter if english players have i mean the 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 uh, england team has 11 batters or 12 batters pakistan will run through them if if they get that base of defending a total right so right 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 so in my clear opinion i think uh, it's it's uh, i still feel you know pakistan's batting is going to be a weakness uh, if if the melbourne pitch is anywhere near to the pitch that india played with pakistan if it is some anywhere near to that it's going to be a game where yeah, pakistan might be seen struggling right right so again pretty much 
uh, win the toss against Pakistan, bat first, get some runs on board, get above 170, 180 if possible, right? I mean, the yeah. way this England team is batting, uh, it'll it'll be a much different uh, target or it'll be a much different uh, thing to take on the Pakistan bowling attack. But I don't think uh, they'll be in any doubt if they can keep going. It's a bigger ground. And uh, 180 there, you're absolutely right, would be a much, much tougher target, right? Mm. And mm. this England team will back itself to get that 180, even at Melbourne, even against the Pakistan attack. Yeah, I mean, uh, with the with the uh, batting lineup, that the depth they have, nine players mm. uh, bat, no, uh, uh, known to tong the ball hard. Uh, I mean, if they can't score it or if they can't go for it, no, no team can. One final call then. What does your gut mm. say? Who's going to take the trophy on Sunday? England. All right. So just to just to you know counter you, I'll say it's Pakistan because uh, <laughs> yeah. with all things falling in place, their bowlers have done a defensive role actually right through the World Cup. Right. Even if uh, England win the toss, uh, I think Shaheen Shafridi, who's slowly building up his form, will probably come up with an exceptional performance, and probably England will be like forty-two for five. So, I mean, the, uh, power play. Uh, if you if you right. might have seen uh, like uh, the the whole uh, I mean the whole T20 World Cup this one both the teams have come from the back one lost to Zimbabwe the other lost to Ireland mm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean uh, then uh, the first two games England's top order was not firing at all in fact this was the first game that you know the first two, the top two, I think the Sri Lanka game was one of the games and then the, this game. Uh, today that you know the both hails and butter actually fired uh, until then their strike rate was about 120 125 and 125 130 uh, somewhere around mm. that and mm. uh, there were no 50 partnerships between these two so um, i think uh, you know to an extent both these uh, teams have come out of say from nowhere uh, you know no one would have expected australia to um, win by such a small margin against Afghanistan, but Afghanistan almost gave them a scare. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, uh, say nobody thought South Africa will lose to Netherlands. So I think this this particular final, it's it's more of like two, uh, you know, two teams who weren't meant to be in this position, but they are in this position now. Uh, and uh, in India, in India and New Zealand, to be frank, where where the where the play, uh, where the teams who were doing all things you know almost correct to make sure you know that they were winning enough uh, or doing enough things correct uh, to win the games right and uh, but they could not cross the line uh, but so I think uh, in that sense uh, do not discount England I would say that's the reason mm-hmm. why I mentioned England because people know I mean there's a lot of talk about that 1992. To 2022, 30 years <laughs> and stuff like that. So there's a lot right, of talk right. of that, but then England themselves haven't had an easy World Cup. Mm, mm, mm. Right. No, I agree with you. It's not going to be. Um, it. I don't expect it to be a one-sided game. Let me put it yeah, like this. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It'll, it'll be a thriller. So mm. at least uh, as a cricket fan, that's something I really look forward to. I mean, this this final. this World Cup this World Cup deserves a thrilling end. Um, you know, uh, the semi-finals were one-sided. Both the semi-finals, uh, if not for the Pakistan's uh, batting uh, middle order that uh, made the final five overs interesting against New Zealand. Otherwise, uh, mm-hmm. both the games were one-sided, I would say. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
So let's see how that pans out. Now, if you were to move on and take a quick look at some of the news from off the cricketing field. Hmm. So Stephen Myberg, who was part of the Dutch team that did so well at the World Cup, has uh, called time on his international career. Mm-hmm. Well, he had some good times and I think he peaked at the end in that final game against South Africa. He did his bit, right? Mm-hmm. And then promptly decided that's it, that's it for him. And that's understandable as well. So mm-hmm. we wish uh, Stephen Myberg a great second innings with whatever he chooses. I, I dare say he'll not probably stop playing club cricket in the Netherlands. Also probably some league cricket elsewhere in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see how that goes. So we wish him all the best. Mm-hmm. Moving forward... The other news I wanted to discuss is more India-centric. So the IPL auction for the next IPL will be held uh, in Kochi in on December mm. 23rd, close to Christmas. So there may be some Christmas uh, bonanza for some of the players. So if mm. I were to look at um, if I were to look at this upcoming IPL auction, would mm. you have your eyes on any specific players, at least maybe some domestic players that you may have already noted who would uh, do really well in the upcoming auction? Yeah, I mean, uh, so I've been doing a bit of uh, domestic shows for uh, or covering the domestic cricket uh, this match season for Rep Sports uh, recently. So I, I have mentioned a few players. I think uh, uh, Samat Vyas is one of the players to look out for. Uh, uh, Yuvraj Singh, the fast bowler from Railways, is another player. Um, then the Akash Vasist, who's going to be an interesting pick. I mean, uh, someone who uh, who's whom teams can look out for. Uh, then this mm. Mayank Dagar, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the ability he's shown down the order, talking the ball uh, hard and then uh, bowling those uh, economical left-arm spin. Uh, his, his one surely definitely going to be one guy to look out for uh, in the mm. coming auctions, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, one big news was Kane Williamson leaving out so uh, you know, Glenn Phillips uh, might be playing a part in the coming SRH uh, in the uh, in the SRH uh, see the season. So, mm-hmm. well, a lot of lot of things to lot lot of players to look out for. I think um, I would also love to see if uh, if the uh, uh, you know um, uh, if the IPL franchises are interested in taking. Uh, players from Netherlands and Ireland as well. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I think uh, I think uh, you know there were a few uh, promising pieces. I think uh, the the Netherlands pacer uh, again. Uh, Paul yeah. Van Meekeren was so, good, right? Probably yes. him. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. Meekeren and uh, I think uh, again um, I was. Uh, uh, I think one of those players in Zimbabwe have a few of the good pieces. I think uh, uh, mm-hmm. Negara is one of the f- uh, four. Gara, yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Muzarbani. So I think Muzarbani and uh, yeah, and uh, the opener. Uh, I think uh, uh, there's one more opener who who played a key role in against Pakistan, basically. So I forgot. Right. Um, I am bad in remembering names. I think uh, Madhavere. Madhavere. Wesley Madhavere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think these yeah. these are few few names I would say, uh, you know, who uh, whom IPL franchises should uh, keep an eye on, um, right. especially say if, say someone like KKR who uh, who's looking out for uh, you know uh, international players uh, with uh, say uh, skill sets of uh, you know playing the hard length. Uh, mm-hmm. You can you can look out for say Paul Sterling as one of the players, uh, even. Uh, 
so i think uh, we'll, a variety of players uh, who who are going to be interested to uh, you know um, we can we can look on for as well all right those are all the cricketing news that i wanted to discuss in this episode so before we mm-hmm. let you go abhi would you like to mm-hmm. let all our listeners know where they can reach out to you and maybe some work that you have recently done you already spoken about one any other you want to talk about a bit more um yeah you guys can reach out to me uh via twitter khelgyani which is k h e l g y a n i underscore a b h i abhi um and uh, i i uh, in terms of uh, the work i love to analyze uh, uh, analyze squad i love to analyze uh, the uh, you know the what do you call that the, the 11 selected or the 15 selected by the team uh, what are the qualities if there are any missing gaps etc so that's the forte uh, that's my forte i try to um, you know try to um uh, i i love enjoying understanding who's coming in why is he coming in uh, who has to who has to be in the 15 who has or why is he in the 15 for example so these are the things i'm specialized at we wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from and i would like to say thank you once again to abhi for giving us his time and thoughts no worries take care yeah bye bye thank you bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast